Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bazaar, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Hey, podcast lovers. My name is Haley, and I run the Doe Identify Podcast. I have been passionate about helping the unidentified get their names back ever since I found out I lived within miles of where Sherry Ann Jarvis, formerly known as the Walker County Jane Doe, was found. In my podcast, I tell the stories and provide information about unidentified people in hopes of reaching their loved ones and getting their names back. So come join me and help me advocate for these people. You never know, you could recognize someone's story. All right, welcome everybody. Today we've got a special bonus episode for everyone today. We're not doing drinks or two stories or anything like that. We're doing breaking news. Uh, so in this bonus episode, we're going to give you some details about this specific case. Uh, this is breaking news in our hometown, and we'll update as more information becomes available. Although there will surely be more information released as investigators dig deeper into the case, but we wanted to give you some information that we know right now. Yeah, and as Declan said, with this being hometown, we have a different perspective on this case because we live here and a lot of people don't know what this town is like. So we'll just get right into the nitty gritty of it all. So... A uh, 29-year-old man living in Klamath Falls, Oregon, was recently arrested after he was located in Reno, Nevada. In a federal affidavit, the alleged circumstances were that the man posed as an undercover police officer in Washington, kidnapped a woman, transported her to Oregon, and locked her in a cinder block cell in his garage. I, I do want to stress that this is breaking news. The, are, the details are alleged at this point because he hasn't been to trial yet. So just keep in mind that word, allegedly. The man's name is Nagasi Zuberi, but he's gone by several other names, including Sakima Zuberi, Justin, Justin Joshua Haishi, and Justin Kawasi. So keep those mind those names in mind because it's not just the one name that he has gone by. He was arrested on July 16th on federal charges of interstate kidnapping and transporting a woman with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Here's what happened. Again, allegedly. On July 15th, In the early morning hours, Zuberi approached a sex worker in Seattle, Washington, and propositioned her for sex. After having sex, he told her he was an undercover police officer, pointed a taser at her, restrained her, and put her in the back of his vehicle. He told her he was taking her to a police station and then began driving south. 
However, several hours later, while the two were driving across Oregon, the victim saw on his cell phone that they still had two hours to the destination that he had set. She then realized they were not going to a police station and that she had been kidnapped. And it's not a short drive. It's 450 miles. That's what? That's a six or seven hour drive, it's, depending on it's traffic, like seven right? seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. It's a good long drive. No police station is that far away. <laughs> no. no. So, yeah. And along that 450 mile trip, he um, sexually assaulted the victim again, pulled over and sexually assaulted her again. North of Klamath Falls, he stopped at a truck stop and covered the victim's face, then drove her to his home. He was renting a house in a 13... What? Do you know if that's Pilot? I don't know which truck stop it was. There are a couple truck stops. Mm. It could have been Pilot. It didn't say how far outside. It just said north of Klamath Falls in the the articles that I found. Yeah. He was renting a house in the 1300 block of North El Dorado Avenue in Klamath Falls, Oregon, which if he did stop at the pilot would have been maybe a three to five minute drive from pilot to that area of town. So close. He lived in that home with his significant other and their two children. Plus they also had a roommate. When Zaveri and the victim... Multiple witnesses in the house. What the fuck? This guy's nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when Zaveri and the victim reached the house at about 7 a.m., he placed her in a cinder block room with a metal door that he had constructed in his garage. This is a rental house. And he put up a cinder block room in his garage. That's a lot of effort in a rental. A lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. The victim believed she was in the room for at least a couple of hours until she was able to bend a portion of the door back so she could escape. She crawled through a small opening that she had made in the door and was able to get out of the room. She saw his vehicle when she got out of the room, saw his vehicle, opened it, found a gun inside, She took the gun and then fled the house by climbing over a wooden fence. She was able to flag down a car driving by and the police were notified. The victim was taken to the hospital where she explained to law enforcement what happened and a forensics examination was done on her. Police then went to Zuberi's home. I'm just going to, this guy's a piece of shit. I don't care if I pronounce his name wrong. Zuberi's home and talked with his roommate. At some point, the roommate notified Zuberi about the investigation, and he had already fled the area. The investigation at Zuberi's home turned up some in, some interesting things. They found blood on the fence where the victim had climbed over. They also found several notes in the house, including a diagram for building a 100-foot-deep concrete block cell a note titled Operation Takeover that mentioned leaving the phone at home, making sure they didn't have a bunch of people in their lives, and ending with the statement that mentions not wanting any type of investigation. 
So Barry t- contacted his significant other and asked her to meet him at Reno with their children. The police were able to track Zuberi's location through his cell phone where a 45-minute standoff occurred outside of a Walmart. While holding one of his children in his lap, he cut himself severely and attempted to destroy his phone, which is fucking weird. Yeah. He was eventually taken into custody at the end of the time of this recording. He is waiting to be extradited to Oregon. Yeah, so I don't know if he's... When they're going to extradite him, when they're going to bring him back to Oregon. But um, as of today and the information that I had available, uh, it looks like he's still in Nevada. So in the weeks since this has occurred, because this actually occurred in the middle of July, but it wasn't released to the media until a couple of days ago, like three, four days ago. So, yeah. Uh, In the weeks since this occurred, investigators believe that they have tied Zuberi to several other sexual assaults. They believe in some of these circumstances that he also posed as a police officer. So that kind of seems to be his go-to. The FBI reports that he may have filmed some of the assaults to appear consensual and then threatened the victims if they reported the encounter. Zuberi has used multiple aliases, like we mentioned before, and has lived in at least 10 states. They've tracked him to 10 different states. He has a criminal record under the alias of Haishi for possession of a firearm in a public place in Chicago, as well as driving violations in California. He had a LinkedIn page under the alias Sakima Zuberi that stated he was studying cybersecurity at the Klamath Community College from April of 2023. It's great. Assume it's cybersecurity. They're not telling you how to build a cinder block cell in your garage because that's not very cybery. But that's not cyber security. <laughs> no, it is not. So another interesting tidbit is that a previous landowner in Vancouver, Washington, evicted him. Records of that eviction claim Zuberi had damaged the home he was renting. He had unauthorized people living with him and changed the locks without permission. The police were contacted in December of last year in Washington and some Someone reported that they thought Zuberi was, quote, up to something shady and, end quote, about doing something bad, end quote. I I really wonder who that was and what they thought was going on. Like, did he have a cinder block cell that he built in that house? In the backyard. <laughs> he was like in the backyard. In the backyard. Yeah. Well, he he did have plans for a hundred foot deep bunker, so maybe they saw him out digging a bunch of holes in his yard, and they were like, "That doesn't seem right." I don't know. I don't think you another can build odd a piece in your backyard. I think that violates city codes or something. Probably. Yeah, and we'll talk in a little bit about kind of the area a little bit more. I don't think he was going to be building a hundred foot deep bunker in that neighborhood, at least not in town. 
Another odd piece of information is that Zuberi appeared on the court show Judge Judy in 2018. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was on the show for a domestic dispute with the mother of his children. The show ended with Zuberi winning that you, court battle. Do you know if that was the same person he called to meet him in Nevada with their kids? I do not know. Okay. I tried. He might have I tried looking. Kids, but... He could have oh. multiple kids, but in 2018 on Judge Judy, he he was on the show with his baby mama, and then the woman he was living with here in Klamath was a baby mama. They had two kids together, so um. I I don't know because there was a there was a a local uh news station that was able to contact the now she says now she says I'm his ex-partner I would distance myself as well um a lot of the articles named her as his wife but she stated that they were never married so it's possible it's the same woman, but I don't know. And I could not find a video of that episode to watch to see if maybe the voices sounded similar because the news report did not show her face. She requested that they not show her face, but they did interview her. So, um, And in that interview, she claimed that Zuberi constructed the room in the garage to sublet it to another tenant, not to use it as a makeshift prison cell. Apparently he, that was, he, he liked to rent out rooms in houses that he rented. So to counteract the price of rent, he would charge somebody else part of it. And so in her mind, that's what that room was for was he was going to let somebody live in that. And I'll post yeah. pictures on our Instagram. And if you're curious, you can always go Google it. There's a ton of pictures of this, this makeshift cell and it looks pretty shady. If, if I were trying to rent a room somewhere and that was my option, I might sleep under a bridge instead because it looks creepy. And it's a weird situation, but, um, the, the girlfriend now ex significant other, whatever you want to call her baby mama, she denied hearing anything the night of July 15th when the victim was brought to the home in an interview, she stated that Zuberi is a good man and would not do these things that he has been accused of. I, this lady's crazy whatever i'm not gonna listen to the baby mama of a kidnapper it's so, allegedly alleged kidnapper sorry sorry right. Zuberi, alleged. Alleged. <laughs> oh. as we said earlier this is still an ongoing investigation with many other states involved this may be just the tip of an iceberg 
the FBI has established a special website for alleged victims that we will link in our show notes. As residents of this town, we have a different level of knowledge of the area and the shenanigans that occur here. Although this is a small town, there is definitely bad stuff that happens here, just like every everywhere else. Uh, just a little bit of interesting tidbits of the case. So, the house that Zubiri rented in Klamath Falls is actually owned by the mayor. Unfortunately, there are some misguided people in this world who think that the mayor owning the house had any relevance to the case. Yeah, the house so is in one of the. I just as a side note, um, apparently these misguided people have been asking for a list of the mayor's other rentals because they think that there's some importance to that. I don't get it, but. Conspiracy but, theories. I mean, it just seems. I, yeah. Never know. Maybe no. he was working for the mayor and kidnapping sex workers from Seattle. I don't know. <laughs> it just, it it's really, you know, I mean, let's focus on the guy that did something wrong, not the random person that they rented a house from. I mean,. I mean, it, okay, it'd be one thing if that was the only rental property he owned in Klamath Falls, but I'm sure he owns a lot of them, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's but... like, I don't know, it'd be weird if that was his only rental property and it just so happened to be the site of a kidnapping, but. I I wouldn't want to be a landlord no, because whatever. who knows what you're going to have as yeah. somebody renting a house. You're going to end up with a it's guy that's take building a bunker in your clean garage. That cinder block. Yeah, it's going to take him forever to clean up that cinder block jail cell. So They already took it down. They, really? They demoed oh, well, it already. Oh, I guess it happened in July. Yeah. They demoed the whole yeah. house or just the No, they demoed the, the, cell. the, the cell in the garage. Oh. It's gone. I don't know what it was made out of other than cinder blocks, but if it was just made out of cinder blocks, I think you could have Kool-Aid man through that, like. I don't think you so need a go demo look at it. the pictures. Now you you've made you helped us build our, you know, wall in front of the house and when you build stuff and you've built things with Legos and stuff in the past. Do you stack the Legos directly on top of each other in columns? No. You space them and stagger them. He did mm. not do that. All of the cinder just blocks them in columns. We're stacked in columns. So it probably wasn't that hard Dude. to demo. I, I don't know. She wouldn't have even needed a breakout if it was built like that. You could just push one wall over. That. Yeah, I don't. Because you can stack cinder blocks and they'll hold, but like you can push them over very easily unless they're like cemented together. It th they probably it, were cemented together. It kind of looked like there was a thin layer of cement in between. But... Even still, though, like that wouldn't be enough to if it if it was stacked on top of each other, you could still push that over very easily. That it provides no say, structural integrity. In one of the pictures that I looked at, um, it looked like the inside of the room had sheetrock so she might not have known that the cinder block on the outside was so 
you know. But she wasn't blindfolded, right? Never said anything about that. So. No, he covered her face when he took her into the house. Remember? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he he covered her face so she couldn't see, and then he took her into the garage. So. I feel like I'd be able to tell the sound of a garage door opening. So I. <laughs> sure, but but if you if you take your blindfold off and you're in a room that has sheetrock, you don't know on the backside of that sheetrock that it's cinder blocks and columns, and that you could Kool Aid man your way through it. I'd still try it though. <laughs> well, she she managed to get the door, so. She got the door open. Yeah, as long as she escaped, but yeah, still, that's yeah. just a oh, man. That's being kidnapped by a fucking dipshit. That's for sure. So, some more tidbits: the house is in one of the oldest and higher end neighborhoods, with houses being very close together. We actually lived about a block and a half away from where this house is located. It was uh, when I was a lot younger, though. Yeah. There are definitely yeah. better neighborhoods to do something shady like this where your neighbors don't have a clue where you are, like where you, you can see them. Like there, we have spots right. in this town that like we have smaller neighborhoods where a lot of the houses are closer together. But then we we're technically farmland. So there's a lot of like houses out on the edge of town that have so much more spacing from your neighbors. Like right. you have acres of property. Acres half acres this neighborhood those houses are six feet apart yeah because it's an old neighborhood and the lots are small and everything's close together no north el dorado el dorado over by roosevelt so like a block away from roosevelt okay so those of you listening roosevelt is an elementary school that i actually went to that was my yep. elementary school. And yep. there's another school that's probably, what, six blocks away from it? Maybe more? It's like a mile Which away, one? but it's right next to two Ponderosa. Yeah, it's Pondo's right next like to a two mile schools. away. Yep. That, that's even creepier to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. If you if you look at the, the pictures and pay attention, you would recognize the house. It's kind of weird that he went to Seattle to t- abduct her too, because yeah, that is so far away, and it is. I've never, I've never seen them in Klamath, but I'm sure there's sex workers there somewhere. So yeah, but not on the street like they are in the bigger cities. True. True. They're not. They're not but walking Port, around. Portland is closer. Port Seattle's like yeah, three Portland hours away from Portland. Portland, and I believe that you could find them in. Five although or six I don't hours. know. I mean, Portland's five to six hours away, but I don't know if they have sex workers on the street like they described in Seattle, where he met I'm her. Sure, you can find them, but probably I don't know. maybe that's he's more familiar with the seattle area than he is portland so maybe you know if you're if you're if you know where to find sex workers on the street easily go to where you're used to i mean he lived in washington oregon california utah new york new jersey i think it was florida alabama um 
Colorado, I think. There was 10 states that he was from, that he lived in under different names. So Hmm. it's very early stages. Since this is a news broadcast, did you see, I don't know if you've heard of these or not, but I guess there was a, a killing spree, I guess you could call it, in uh, Gilgo Beach, Florida, I believe. Oh, yeah. They recently. Yeah. Long Island. Long Island, yes. Yeah. Sorry, not Florida, yep. but. The Long re- Island Ripper or whatever they were calling him. Yeah, they yeah, they have a I think they got him. suspect. I don't think he's been charged yet, but they just caught someone. So maybe we'll do an episode on that here coming a up bonus soon. On that, yeah. yeah, yeah. We just wanted just to bring this to everyone. Like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, because this is oh. literally a block and a half from where we used to live, and and we do have the the hometown advantage of knowledge of the area so also the apparently portland police have a suspect in their serial killing thing that we mentioned in oh good. i believe i mentioned in a chaser but yeah yeah they're kind of hesitant on giving out information right now so they say they have someone as a suspect but haven't released much information on it so we'll keep you updated Yes. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to this special episode. And if you're new here and this is our first episode, please go check out our other episodes so you can get a feel for what our standard episodes are about, which is all about the brutal, bizarre, and boozy. So you can get the the boozy fix and also get a little bizarre story in there as well. Yeah. Make sure to make our cocktails along with us while we're telling our story. Adds more yes. depth to it. That's right. And if All you're right, ever thanks. curious ahead of time what our cocktail is going to be on the day before we release our episode, I put out a preview of the, our cocktail for the week. So if you want to make the cocktail... And listen to the story. You can go find all the details on the cocktail the day before on Tuesday of every week. So make sure to drink along with us and keep on listening. We appreciate all your support. And this, if you guys like this style of episode where we do news, upcoming breaking news, as you might say, on stuff that comes out recently, then let us know and we'll keep making them. Definitely. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye. Love you, bud. Me too. Hey, friends. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.